there, and welcome back to Home Health Occupational Therapy Explorer podcast. This is the space to explore the art and science of home health OT, especially through conversation. This is your host for today, Monika Wukashevich, and thank you so much for being here. Today's episode is about going local, exploring what one Arizona home health OT's experience has been like, and getting to talk about a real-life upcoming state conference for OTs. Uh, And this is a shout-out to Arizona slash Arizona. Good play, good play. So, welcome to the episode. Thanks for being here. Hey, it's Monica, and welcome back to the Home Health Occupational Therapy Explorer podcast. I'm here with Heidi Carpenter, and Heidi, welcome to my car in the first podcast launched from the actual car. (laughs) I love it. I'm so happy you're here. We are sitting actually in nearly Tempe, Arizona, but actually, I think it is technically still Phoenix, Um, and... Heidi, so you and I have, uh, I like to tell people the little bit of the backstory of like how I come upon people. So you and I met recently via Arizona and like shout out to Ben, um, for just this connection of hearing the podcast and then being, uh, an OT who's really involved in the community and who's doing home health. And so you, my friend, um, have a history with Omaha, Nebraska. I do. Oh, yes. <laughs> so you went to Creighton. I did. I graduated December 2014. Which is so crazy. Yep. Um, so I did also spend a year at Creighton and I'm actually from Omaha, Nebraska. And um, and then you, but you're from Arizona. From Arizona. Gilbert. Yep. Gil- oh, that's right. Gilbert. But you live in Tucson now. I live in Tucson. Yep. And you, so will you Will you share with us, um, because you're a home health OT also, among many other things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> among many other things. That's my day job. <laughs> right, right. So will you tell us, how did you come to home health OT? So I came to home health because I had spent a lot of time in outpatient, and I kept working in outpatient when I graduated and I kept saying to myself, Oh, outpatient is my least favorite setting. And one of my bosses actually heard me say that one day. She's like, what? Why are you working in outpatient? I said, because I love the experience. I love getting to work with patients who I work with. It's all great. But I had my daughter in 2017 and I was fortunate enough to take some time off work part time. I did some teletherapy, which was super exciting. But then I started thinking about home health. Mm-hmm. And Benjamin Gross, who you mentioned, a past Arizona Occupational Therapy Association president, um, he was also thinking about home health as well. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, okay, let me let me look into this home health practice setting. Mm-hmm. And so I talked with some companies and then a job opening came up and I interviewed for it. It was the stars aligned. It just mm-hmm. was a yeah. good fit. Yeah. Um, the position for this home health company had been open for a year. Wow. We had a traveler. Wow. Because Tucson is really hard to fill mm. for occupational therapists. So shout out to any home health or anybody looking in home health. Yes. OT, Tucson. Check Tucson. it out. Tucson, Arizona. 
What made you lean towards home health OT versus, say, skilled nursing or, like, acute care or any other setting? I have never worked in a skilled nursing facility. Okay. I was there for a, a day during one of my one, level ones, and I, I love acute. Um, but home health, I was with the patients yeah. in their natural environment, and I was hooked from the first visit. And I would have people in the outpatient clinic draw me diagrams of their bathroom. Yeah. And now I spend <laughs> half of my day to almost all of my day in the bathroom sometimes. But it's great because things that people can explain or take a picture of, you're in their yeah. home with them, and you see it right yes. away. Yes. And the the plan of care progresses so much more quickly. Yes. And I feel like I can get on to other really more important things. Yes. So when you first encountered home health, was that because you were shadowing? Or did you actually start your home health job and that was your first? That was my first. I started oh. my job. And it was just a really good interview. And, um, you know, I talked up my outpatient yeah. experience, my neuro experience. And they thought I was a good fit. And so I just started, started. (laughs) (laughs) So how long has it been? It's been a little over a year. So June 2018 is when I started. And you're still, it sounds like loving it. I still love it. Yep. I love it. And so what have been some of your favorite parts of it? Because, and I, I asked this because I do feel like, Home health is a hustle, mm-hmm. and typically we're not often talking about the really amazing, also, like, sides of it. Mm-hmm. So what have some, been some of the things that you're like, I actually love this? Right. I love it because it helps me be the practitioner I want to be because I get to set my own schedule. Mm-hmm. I, I have, you know, I have that autonomy. Yeah. I am able to be with people and hear their stories. Mm-hmm. So if I want to schedule some longer visits, I don't have somebody in the yeah. waiting room waiting for me. Yes. And so that's on me to schedule my day. I love being with the patients, learning more about them. Um, I love that it's just in the natural context yeah. of where we live. Yeah. And so whether I'm seeing somebody in their home or in a skilled nursing or not a skilled nursing, a uh, assisted living yeah. facility, um, we can go in the hall. We can go right. outside right. on the patio. Some of the residents I've seen recently have a wellness center in their independent living mm-hmm. or assisted living mm-hmm. center and showing them new ways to use the equipment. Yay. Something that's going to continue after I stop seeing them. Yes. I so really love the collaboration. I yeah. feel like it's yeah. the best of both worlds between outpatient and acute yeah. because the patients are pretty medically complex mm-hmm. usually. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have my nursing team and my physical therapist that I'm working with, but it's, it's really fast paced because we're attempting to get that person everything yeah. they need. Yeah. What do you think has helped you stay afloat amidst coming on as a new home health OT? Because I do feel like it can take a good year, six months to a year, mm-hmm. to really feel like, okay, I got this now. So, like, what has been, what would you attribute your continued expansion as a home health OT to? Like, is that, yeah. I had a really good preceptor. I wondered that. I did. So, I had a traveler OT who mm-hmm. the company actually let stay and train me for four weeks. Wow. Which was a blessing. 
And so she had had experience with the electronic medical record. Mm. She was a great OT. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to Jennifer. She just, she just really had it going on. And you know, to, that was my, in my fourth year of practice. And so to be mentored again yeah. in that way was really cool Yeah, because, you know, I had the evaluation skills, the general intervention yeah. skills, yeah. but then to have somebody else, one of my colleagues help me further along in the process was yeah. really great. Yeah. And one thing that also really helped me was, um, because of the other leadership activities I've done, I had already scheduled time in my day when I was doing extra, mm. extra things. So that mm-hmm. extra time in my schedule became my documentation time or so like the workflow types of things yeah. that come along with home health that can be super overwhelming. Yes. So de- developing, and I'm a systems thinker. So yeah. like developing a system for, I'm going to see this person. I'm going to call the physician. Yeah. I'm going to get them on my schedule. Yes. A system, a workflow for myself. I developed that early on. Which, and maybe we should dig more in with you on that. Because <laughs> even just today, I was at the office because I'm learning home care, home based right now. Um, and so it's like easier to just like go into the office mm-hmm. to do the documenting. But as I was leaving the office, slightly brain fried from just like learning how to put the documentation where it needs to go, I was like, documenting in home health is such a discipline and it's like you just have to surrender to it that Mm -hmm. until you do decide what times of day are going to work for you to document you will hate it Mm -hmm. and then as soon as you make peace with the fact of like whatever this I will only reap the rewards of getting these awesome parts of my job if I dedicate and just like treat it treat myself like this is just adulting you know of like it is insulting part of home health of like sit down and type lots right now but Mm -hmm. it'll be worth it but Mm -hmm. this is like I don't want to say the downside but it is perhaps not the glamorous exciting part of the job and is so valuable and incredibly crucial I mean like if we don't get paid and we don't show our value forget about it Right. And so figuring out a way to do that, working smarter, not harder. So I, um, we are actually switching to home care home base. So, oh, fingers crossed. (laughs) I I hope it's better than what we use right now. We use McKesson right now. Yes. Um, so I have my list of go to, you know, a lot of EMRs have blurbs you can pull in. So I don't have any of that with this EMR, mm-hmm. so I have mm-hmm. it on a sticky note. I have the yes. world's longest uh, you're sticky note the on my yes yeah, on yeah. my desk on my um, laptop <laughs> screen. So, and there's a lot of different ways that you could do that, but having the blurbs that you tend mm-hmm. to go to that then you can mm-hmm. customize. So that's one of the things I do, and then I, you know, coming to peace with that idea of we're really not finished with the visit until we document yes. it. Yes, it's true. So we had a nursing educator tell us in training, uh, you know, even 10 minutes after the visit, taking that time and finishing the notes can be really, really effective. And just that mental space of, okay, if I do one note at a time as I go, um, then I'm not sitting with seven notes at the end of the day. Yes. And... 
it's all about motivation, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a two-year-old. I want to be picking her up from daycare. And my headspace, if I have documentation lingering, is awful. I can't enjoy my time because I just, I'm always thinking about that. And actually, that's a really good point, too, of picking a reason that's not perhaps just the company's reason for getting it done but Mm. like why do I want to have my documentation done and like because I agree I mean even today at the office I was like you know what I'll finish it later and then I was like no I will finish it here before five yes because then I'm not gonna have to open things up one more time and and I'm learning to just not complain about it because then it makes it worse for me when really it's a part of the job and no job is perfect but learning how to really make peace and be good at documentation um which I think is perhaps a lifelong skill also depending on systems that change right right and our our, I feel like our wording we can make our wording really strong so I always I ask myself some questions when I'm documenting and you know I let go of it having to be perfect (laughs) I I just recently had a student with me and I really drilled you know, into helping her understand it has to be understood by our colleagues. Would it be something you want the patient to read? Mm-hmm. And is it defensible? Yeah. Could you be sitting in front of somebody, you know, for whatever reason, it, it doesn't really matter, but can you defend what you're writing? Yeah. And so if you can answer those questions, sign it. Right. Put it, file it away. Right. You're done. Right. You get to move on. <laughs> right. And I feel like giving it an audience yeah. gives oh, it, like, boundaries, you yeah. know? Because sometimes I think it's easy for us to just, like, write on and on when really it's like, this is for insurance, you know? And, like, could this hold you accountable for the skill you really provided in this session? That's really, you know? Yes, and, like, could your exactly. coworker read it and be like, oh, okay, this is what they did. That is step in for you or something. Yes. Leave yes. some breadcrumbs. Yes. <laughs> what are you gonna work on next time? Right? If nothing else, plan for next visit. Please yeah. fill it in. And so you talked about like prepping myself with tools. Yeah. So uh, my car's right next to yours, and yeah. it had it's full of OT amazingness. <laughs> and you know, uh, I I love sustainable products, but sometimes mm-hmm. the dollar store is my best friend. Oh, yeah. And, you know, picking up different items that somebody's just really going to need. Please highlight. So what have been some of your favorite Dollar Dollar oh, Tree? Yes. Are you Dollar Tree or Dollar Store? Well, Let's and in Tucson, we have the 99 cent only store. Oh, actually, I've seen that too. Which has everything you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, so we, we do have a pretty high uh, Medicaid population. Some people, yeah, they're just like, that's right. I can't go get a long-handled bass bunch. Yeah. So I'm going to give somebody a new dollar store long-handled bass bunch. Like, that's just something I feel like I'm being a good mm-hmm. person. If that's something that's really going to change the game for them, which it, yeah. it can in a lot of yeah. cases. Yeah. So, um, and there are other ways of, of um, you know, providing things. But, yeah. you know... Um, Velcro, we found some weights, plastic dumbbells. Really? At some of the dollar stores. Mm. We have found some um, resistance balls. Oh, great. Because some of the yeah, Dollar yeah, Trees yeah. have like a workout section now. Wow. So that's fascinating. Um, reachers. 
Uh, I haven't found a Reacher. Yes, Dollar Tree has them. What? Well, not every store has them, but some of these Dollar Reachers at the Dollar Tree, this is specifically Dollar Tree, are like better than some of the ones that come in the hip kits. Not even kidding. And what was one of the other things? I think somebody put shampoo in just like a pump bottle. Like they needed it to go in a pump bottle. And so it was like, just go to the Dollar Tree and get one. Um, But yeah, their tools do surprise me. Like I forget even about Velcro. Yeah, Velcro. Built up. And like the built up, um, they're like the furniture protectors. But they act as built up like visual adaptation for like the kitchen. Yeah, the stove or something. Microwave buttons, remote buttons. And, um, oh gosh, what is it? So, cutting off the pantyhose legs for a soap holder, for soap on a rope. The pantyhose at Dollar Tree. That's that's where I go every time. Um, so tell me also, you mentioned the word leadership, and I feel like for, maybe this word has just, like, gotten a bad rap because it's, like, use I don't I don't know where to even start with this but I what I do know is that I'm interested in creating space to learn more about leadership and OTs um because I know that from my experience one of the things that inspired me to really start a podcast is that I was noticing that a lot of the places that I looked around me to learn about home health OT I was being taught by physical therapists and nurses like a lot of the videos, a lot of the content, and some of it's amazing content, but I wondered like where are the OTs for home health and like and so can you will you talk a little bit about your experiences with leadership or perhaps like why are you inspired to be a leader as an OT? So I I think I just got the leadership bug really young because I I'm never satisfied with the status quo. I want to figure out what can be better and uh, reform processes and just make things simpler so we can have more time for more meaningful things. (laughs) So, um, you know, I think leadership can come in all shapes and sizes and it can be a small project. It can be a really large project, be on a local scale and national scale And I mean, even you identifying the need for a podcast to inform other practitioners is huge Mm -hmm. because that is something that you have the passion to do after your day is over. (laughs) So, so it's like, okay, where am I going to lead? What am I willing to do when I'm already tired, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I feel so strongly about this. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it's really about connection Mm -hmm and seeking other people's experiences. I've always loved to learn about other people's stories and mm-hmm. and helping them realize that if we're connected to a, a larger organization that can only help us um, get the word out specifically about occupational therapy. Um, I do feel like in home health specifically, occupational therapists, you know, a lot of times we're the third person in because the nurse started yeah. the case. And, Part A anyway, right. uh, Medicare Part A billing. The nurse started the case, or the P- the physical therapist started the case, and we're the second, third person coming in. Yeah. So we kind of ride on people's coattails. So it's yeah. up to us to elevate mm-hmm. the services that we are bringing in, showing the value because we do look at things from a different lens. Yeah. A perfect story is, um, 
you know, even like demonstrating and explaining how addressing laundry, doing laundry with somebody in home health is meaningful if it's what that person needs to be working on. One of the patients I worked with, he uh, had an above the knee amputation and he was using a wheelchair and his washer and dryer was stackable and he Mm. kept his laundry products on the top Mm. of the dryer. Mm. So I, you know, he had to be safe standing with his walker to reach his laundry items. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that might not have made as much sense to my nursing colleagues or something like that. Right, right. But we see that as occupational therapists. We're like, yeah, right. you got to work on that. (laughs) It's like seeing the whole picture. Yes. Yeah, not just the person's injury. Right, exactly. Or disability or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you, you mentioned the different levels of leadership and you, you're in leadership at a local, um, in a local position currently. Yes. So yeah. can you tell us about that? Well, so elected, I am the treasurer of the Arizona Occupational Therapy Association. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I moved back to Arizona in 2015, I excuse me, January 2016, I really wanted to be involved um, because I had seen such great leaders in my faculty, actually. Mm. Uh, Creighton, shout out. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, I just saw how how they they continue to make the connections and it it made for stronger community projects and and things like that. So when Mm. I came back to Arizona, this is my home state. I I really wanted to get involved. Um, and so I started helping out with the conferences. Mm-hmm. And so I originally learned about the sponsors and the vendors who could come and do tables at the conferences. And, well, fast forward three years and I'm the chair of the <laughs> conference planning committee. And so um, it's just been a way to connect with mm-hmm. um, people all over. And actually, the Tucson group... Uh, was revitalized the past two years mm. thanks to um you know great leadership down there um with chad and and nick and and robin and ashley all these really amazing ot practitioners mm. who um just work really hard yeah and you know we all have our our day jobs but then we're all occupational therapists at heart and yeah. so we see the importance so we are planning events and and finding out what the occupational therapy community in Arizona needs. Yeah. Needs and wants. Yeah. And so can we talk, like, I really want to pe- peel a layer back on this because I will say when I first moved to Arizona and then someone shared an email with me for Arizona, which is like a great play on the state name. <laughs> Kudos to whoever thought of that. So Arizona is the OT Association of Arizona. Is that the right order mm-hmm. of events? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they are hosting a state conference that's coming up in a couple weeks. So if mm-hmm. you are an OT in Arizona or mm-hmm. nearby. Or, yeah, any, any state, if um, you're a member of your state's association, uh, it's the same, like, member price, oh, wow. basically. Oh, wow. That's yes. cool. So. So, um can you talk a little bit about some of the like the topics that are going to be covered this year that people may be um, interested in showing up for and because it's a two-day event it's Friday Saturday and and I guess so what I was initially going to say was I was really impressed 
with Arizona's presence. Like, I was just like, oh. Like, when I saw the website, I, I just thought, this is a state association that really seems to be dialed in to, like, the pulse of OTs, and it seemed, like, refreshed is kind of the the feel that I got from it. And I, to be totally honest, have had a lot of my plates since I moved to Arizona, so I have not really gotten a chance to, like, deeply plug in, and I'm for sure there on Friday. I'm excited to be at the conference and to meet more people. Um, and even just meeting of you and Ben, um, I've just been really impressed with the like the networking, the openness to meet more people. And it's not just a state conference. So like there's um, the journal, the online, is it a monthly online journal? Yes, monthly online journal club. Okay. Yep, so it's the second Tuesday of the month. With usually like busy months like December off and summer off okay just to kind of reboot and that's cool because it's an online and a live option is that right Mm -hmm. yep so um because I I really wanted to do it and I'm in Tucson it's in person in Tucson but we're using the technology of zoom so anyone actually pretty much anywhere (laughs) in Arizona because we have a lot of rural places and so um they can use zoom to come in and do a a video conference and they don't have to have their video on Mm -hmm. um and so we just review a journal article and um it's very led at this point so um you know people will come just having not read the article some people have really read it and um, what I found works best is to just do an overview of the content and then mm-hmm. we dig in and we have these really awesome discussions Sweet. about what, because it's all related to occupational therapy yeah. in one way, shape or form, yeah. adults, pediatrics, um, looking at the evidence and how we can translate it to talk with our consumers, our colleagues, administrators. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so just... <laughs> I, I really liked this lesson I learned to uh, be comfortable with being uncomfortable when it comes to advocating. And I have learned the most hands down when I don't feel comfortable and I know I have to stretch. Mm. So, um, so yes, yeah, so we have a ton of exciting people coming to the conference. Some are coming from out of state. Some are local speakers. It's really nice to have a mix of both. Yeah. It's Friday and Saturday, September 20th and 21st. Not too late to register. Not too late to register. And it's at the embassy by Hilton up in Phoenix, Scottsdale. It's like right across from, uh, it's like right across from Paradise Valley Mall. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. It's a really nice hotel. We were there last year. But uh, the president of AOTA is coming. Wendy Hildebrandt. It's so huge. So it's it's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that, I think like, had to read it twice. I was like, AOTA's president? Not, I mean, and so Arizona's president and AOTA's president are going to be there. Yes. And yes. Really... And it was this last minute, um, last minute ad. She had the availability. She's really just getting started on yeah. her, her presidential 
tour. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. So Arizona is one of the first states where like we really get to see her in this AOTA president role. And we actually, so before we were able to book her, we have Christina Metzler, who's the chief public affairs officer from AOTA coming. Big deal. And she is just marvelous to hear Mm. speak. She cares so much about her profession and she's just a wealth of knowledge. Um, so PD, P, PD, GM, PDGM, PDGM, <laughs> the new payment model that Medicare is rolling out January, 2020 is, is going to be a hot topic at the yeah. conference. So sweet. Yes. <laughs> sweet. So that's like, you know, if you are, um, an OT anywhere, but especially if you're an OT in Arizona, there's just really great content happening. And I know. You know, it's worth it to consider asking your employer if it could be reimbursed also because you can come for one day, you can come for both days. We have a group discount, so three or more practitioners, it's $25 off. And then we actually have a, a business group discount now where if we have 10 people or more from one company, it's $35 off. That's awesome. So 10 or really, more. Yeah, 10 or more. A group of 10 or more is $35 off. And are you guys still taking sponsors and mm-hmm. donations? Yeah, the for the vendors and the sponsorships, yep. Okay. Um, yeah, so we have an adult track and a pediatric track. And then also times when the tracks are combined so we can really hear the really important messages. Cool. Like from Wendy Hildebrand and Christina Metzler and there's networking opportunities and job fair. A job fair, yes, on Friday evening um, from four to seven, basically. The reception is thrown in there with some poster presentations. So it's really a celebration of, of occupational therapy, and it's a great chance to get a pulse on what um, the practitioners in the state are wanting and students yeah. too, because our student body is growing oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, and so we we have actually some wellness uh, topics coming in as well in both the adult and the pediatric tracks. It looks like it's mostly on Saturday, but we have uh, a practitioner named Tanya Penny coming from. Idaho, I believe. She developed a a meditation and mindfulness practice. So she's coming and she's very excited about it. Um, And we have another practitioner who specializes in myofascial release, Mm -hmm. doing a workshop-based class. That's Amy Mayer. And then we have Jenny Clark, who is a practitioner in Arizona. She's doing healthy bodies and healthy minds in the pediatric track. Mm -hmm. So more self-regulation and um, helping develop healthy habits and routines for kids. That's incredible. So I'm really excited. Super powerful. I mean, it's a really packed conference. It's packed. <laughs> and, and I feel like it's also worth stating because I, I think there are times in my life when I, when I was like, if I don't see the exact topic, I don't think I'm going to go, you know? Um, and I, there are times when that's, I, I understand that. And I've also come to really understand the value of just like a posse and a group of OTs and networking and just getting to know people in the neighborhood who are up to something or just like want to meet other OTs and how valuable that can be that so it's like even if you're maybe not hearing something exactly on the list or if all of it's on on your list 
that there can be value in just coming and getting the CEUs because there's quite a few CEUs. Mm -hmm. 16.25 for um, both days. And, and true, and I think about when I've attended meetings or conferences in the past, sometimes I, I hear something that somebody has as part of their presentation or, um, you know, I dabbled in, in feeding therapy for eating, feeding, eating and swallowing for a couple of years. And it's not something I can do day in, day out, but the lessons in terms of behavior and the detailed assessment, that is so valuable and it transfers over. So you never know what you're going to hear and having that energy and being in that space with, um, people who already get the lingo (laughs) and get the the occupational therapy frame of mind the lens it it can be really inspiring at least for me Uh and um it's a it's a really good time 100 percent. i'm super (laughs) i'm super excited yeah well and we're super excited that you're gonna be there and hopefully incorporating some type of podcast element (laughs) yeah we're gonna do what we can i was telling him i was like i don't know what anchor can handle with the noise at a conference but we'll get you a room (laughs) that's so funny get a room we will so yeah i'll be there and we'll be up to something but we don't know what but i'll be there so please come say hi that's We'd the love excitement to meet right you right yeah it's all the like creativity keep it open um well and i wanted to also talk to you about um because i know we're talking about a lot of topics which is why i love the podcast but also about um like wellness for the ot because <clears throat> This can be a challenging um, area of practice and just like a lot going on, be it phone calls or driving or notes or just crazy dynamics in someone's home. And um, these things can be like incredibly rewarding. And how do we kind of bring it together or like kind of take care of our own sensory wellness needs in the midst of this, I don't want to call it a hustle, this like beautiful chaos or whatever you want to like call that it. It's called a hustle. <laughs> I, I get that. That makes sense to me. Well, we have to OT ourselves, right? right. <laughs> we have to just look at what's going on. So for me, this is very conscious. It's a conscious practice for me to plan my day so I can take a walk even if it's mm-hmm. ten minutes. Sometimes I stop by a park. If it is for three breaths that I get out of my car mm-hmm. and I, you know, just stand there yeah. and just breathe. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Um, let's see what else. So I, I really love yoga. Mm-hmm. I am obsessed with yoga. <laughs> I think it's great. And so good. One thing that yoga has really taught me is it doesn't have to be a 60-minute class. Mm -hmm. It can be a simple flow of three to four poses Mm. that center you, like you said. If you have that tough client or that tough phone call, you have to advocate or explain for the 10th time that day what you're going to be doing in the home as an occupational therapist. So... Um, you know, I, I encourage people to find three or four movements or stretches that Mm. they can put together, whether Mm -hmm. it's a arm stretch in your car or that 
figure four, that seated pigeon. Oh my god! You know, mo- mm-hmm. I I am always constantly adjusting my seat because mm-hmm. I'll push it all the way back so I can do my seated pigeon, mm-hmm. and then I'll put my seat back up. <laughs> so um, that and so I've also started. Um, you know, if it's a necklace that grounds me mm-hmm. or a mantra mm-hmm. that I found and I put on my phone for the day, mm-hmm. uh, grocery shopping so that I know I have yeah. my fruits and vegetables with me and I pack mm-hmm. my lunch box mm-hmm. with my ice packs, a gazillion ice packs. And then you're in Arizona in the summer, so they still Seriously, melt and your you water make, is hot. Right. You better make day. sure you close that lid all the way. Exactly. I mean, that exactly. <laughs> so... And just taking those five minutes in the morning to make sure I have all the food I need mm-hmm. to, so I don't do any fast food stops. Yeah. Maybe once every couple weeks. I get but... it. I know. I totally get it. <laughs> but, you know, enough water and, and all of that. So mm-hmm. it's conscious it's and it's trial and error. <laughs> and I'm also hearing, like, it's so manageable. Yeah. You know, like, making it, like, so this is, they don't have to be 90, 60 minute types of things. Right. Um, and I think I can really relate to those because there was a time in my life when it's like something physical only counted if it was like 60 plus minutes and like Mm a a title is a workout. And now it's like, yep, bar three, less meals online. Great. Exactly. Especially yoga. Whatever we fit in. Yes. And some type of physical practice Mm -hmm. has become like mandatory for me in order to have something to give. Yes. And to also, like, be able to stand up straight and also, like, turn my neck in necessary directions sustainably. Because sitting a lot can, if we're not moving in other directions, can get really stiff. So I even think about moving yourself through the full range of motion in all of your joints. If you have that, you can build from there right. it's a great check-in right. for yourself yeah. it's yeah. a moment to mm-hmm. like you said turn your head both directions mm-hmm. if you feel sore work on that area a little bit I got right. myself one of those theracanes oh those are Amazing. the best <laughs> right I, it's, it's like a splurge of $30 for a cane yes. but it's totally worth it where did you get yours on, on Amazon yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah so so just those those little movements throughout the day can really mm-hmm. be helpful. Mm-hmm. And the cooler. It's also, like, great to hear. Because it was so funny today. I was at the office, and um, someone was like, when did you actually start making your own lunches? And I was like, look, this has been, like, a four-year project. You know, like, it did not happen right away for me. I just got so sick of spending too much money. Yes. And then there was one week when I swear I had McDonald's, like, three or four times in a row. And I was like, Manika. We need to have a talk. <laughs> like, this is not okay. It's not, this is not okay. okay for me. And then it yeah. and it was part stress, but also part like, well, what else am I going to eat quick and like on a budget? And tech, it's just not sustainable for me. So yeah, getting a cooler I liked, mm-hmm. and also getting like Tupperware that I liked, so that it was like an aesthetic experience still to eat from a plastic box with ice packs in it. Yes, and they have those like bento boxes and recycled plastic that they're made from. There's all kinds of options now, but you're right. Something that you like and that you're going to feel good about. Yeah. While you're here, can I just show you this? Of course. To the the listener, this is a a bottle that I got at the airport in Portland 
So the top of it, <gasps> right? So the top of the uh, water bottle before it like bends for the top where you put your mouth unscrews as well as the very top where the lid is so that you can put ice in it and wash it. And of course I don't, there's, oh, actually there's a name on it. Aladdin, A-L-A-D-D-I-N is the name of it. But it's not insulated, so if you're in Arizona, <laughs> you just know that. One of my home health oh. friends bought me an insulated, big old hydro flask thing, and then my husband stole it. Oh, not okay. <laughs> not okay. It needs so to be a thumb I just war. Get, I know. I just I have to steal it back from him and then hide it. <laughs> For sure, I support you in that. 100%. Yeah, I I go through so much water. It's important, yep. that and sunglasses. Sunglasses, but then... Um, and a good playlist. Yeah, but just, it, it's so important um, to take care of yourself out there on the the home health journey because I, I was getting really tired, and so I'm like, oh, I just need some electrolytes. Well, I overdid it, gave myself a sore throat. I was drying myself out. Oh, my so, gosh. So, um, yeah, just, just take it easy out there. <laughs> we only learn. Trial and oh, no. error, folks. Trial and error. Well, so tell us, tell us this too. So we've covered a lot of bases tonight. Um, can you help us know where to go if we haven't yet signed up for conference? We want to go to conference, um, and if the listeners also has questions for you and they want to follow up and talk to you. Yes. So information about the Arizona Occupational Therapy Association that can be found at Arizona A-R-I-Z-O-T-A dot org it's a brand new website so, it's beautiful yeah, it it's is. so beautiful and so that's where the conference information is I also believe that listeners can text 27,000 to or text Arizona to 27,000 and that will link them in to the conference updates so if if you text so advanced I know it's it's our marketing (laughs) um it's our marketing person go marketing person yes Alyssa she's at NAU and she is just fantastic so yep if you text Arizona to 27,000 you'll get conference updates um straight to your phone And if listeners want to contact me, I'd be happy um, to talk with anybody, make the connections. So I'm at Heidi at EmbodyOT.com. So just my name, H-E-I-D-I at EmbodyOT, E-M-B-O-D-Y-O-T.com. Awesome. So great. And so if you want to meet Heidi and I live in the flesh, also we're going to be at the conference. I'll for sure be there Friday, maybe also Saturday. Heidi, you're there both days? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I moved my family in for the weekend. <laughs> so cute. My daughter will be there oh, running around. <laughs> like an OT shirt? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Soon to be. Well, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. It has been an absolute treat and hoot um, to get to talk to you. So I look forward to more conversations. Thank you so much, Monica. Oh, my gosh. Such a treat. You are amazing. Thank you for doing this podcast. Takes one to know one. You bet. (laughs) (laughs) Such good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. He wanted to let you know of an upcoming AOTA-sponsored event. Um, This is actually going to be 
a compliment to what Arizona is up to. And actually, this will be happening on November 19th in Silver Strings, Maryland. And it is actually going to be an event for the to talk about the PDGM. So it's called PDGM Navigating Payment Changes in Home Health. And you can get a link to it um, by Googling that on AOTA or it's in the show notes with the email that I sent out to you um, for this podcast. So you may want to check that out. And of course, if you are um, wanting a little bit more information uh, or a little bit deeper, a deeper level of interest with what the Home Health OT Explorer is up to, um, sign up for funny emails where I share show notes. Uh at homehealthotexplorer.com and share this episode with someone that you think may enjoy it. Drive safe, count your blessings, and keep exploring. Thanks for listening. This is a poem called Desiderata and it is by, it was written by Max Ehrman and it goes like this Go placidly amid the noise and the haste and remember what peace there may be in silence As far as possible without surrender be on good terms with all persons Speak your truth quietly and clearly and listen to others even to the dull and ignorant they too have their story Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexations to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain or bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let not this blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself, especially do not feign affection. Neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune, but do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations and the noisy confusion of life, keep peace in your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy.